Good afternoon everybody. Today is February 1st, 2020. My podcast today will be on karma, the inexorable law of the universe. About a couple of weeks back, I talked about the four pillars of Hinduism. And one of the pillars that I had covered in slightly more detail was about the multiplicity of gods. The second pillar that I am going to talk today is about the law of karma. Most of us talk about karma, but probably we don't know too much about it. I try to cover a very basic idea about what karma means. But before that, as usual, let's go through a small prayer, a small set of silence, and then we'll get going. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritangamaya Om Shanti 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 Let's have a brief silence and introspection for about 30 seconds please. Okay, welcome back. So let's talk about the law of karma. So in this world, the way we experience, there are a variety of laws, right? I am trying to categorize the laws that govern this world into different categories. There are certain laws which are universal and intuitive. The law of gravitation, for example, it's universal. Whether it's USA, India, Africa, anywhere, Something that's thrown up, definitely will come down. That's universal and it's very intuitive. Anybody knows it. Starting from a child to an old man, everybody knows that anything that goes up has to come down. So that's a universal and intuitive law. Okay. There are certain things that are non-universal but intuitive. When I say non-universal, it means that the law is intuitive in a particular region. For example, in the US we know that we have to drive on the right side. It's intuitive. Any driver will drive on the right side. In India, it's intuitive that any driver will, will ride on the left side. Right? So this is local and intuitive. So that's what I meant by non-universal and intuitive. And there are certain things that are non-universal and non-intuitive. Okay? I repeat, non-universal and non-intuitive. I was told that in some US city, it's illegal to buy ice cream after 6 p.m. Who would even dream of such a thing? It's so, so totally non-intuitive. And it's such a local thing. Maybe in some small hut or some, some hamlet it may be true. I don't know where it is. But this is what I read somewhere. So something that's non-universal and non-intuitive. And finally we come to a case where some laws are universal and non-intuitive. We don't realize it. The law about centrifugal forces, for example. It's universal. Anywhere around a bend, if a driver drives very fast around a curve, it's likely that the car will wear off. It's universal. But it's not intuitive. A child will not know it. 
Somebody will not know it. Only through experience you know it. By reading you know it. It's not intuitive. One such universal but non-intuitive law is the law of karma. And it probably is the most powerful law that governs us all. What do we mean by the law of karma? At the very basic thing, the law of karma says, you reap what you sow. Right? It's true in the real world, correct? If I plant mango seeds, I'm going to get a mango tree. I won't get a lemon tree. So whatever I reap, I have to sow. In exactly the same way, whatever we experience in this current life, current birth, whatever, is because of something that we did earlier. Whether you believe in karma or not, it's going to impact you. That's the reality of any of these laws. Lack of knowledge of this or telling that I don't believe in this law does not mean that the law will not impact you. If I say I don't believe in the law of gravity and jump off the Empire State Building, I'm still going to fall down. The law of gravity does not care whether I believe it in, believe in it or not. It's the exact same thing with the law of karma. Whether we believe, it in, believe in it or not, it's going to impact. So as I said, we reap what we sow. So what are we reaping? Think over it. Every day, we put in variety of desires into ourselves. This is what we are sowing. We are sowing desires. And because of desires, we do certain things. Right? We go to work because we want to earn money. We want to earn money because we want to spend on something. We want to buy a car. We want to buy a new car because we want to show off in front of somebody. So there's always some intent. There's some desire. And because of desire, there's an outcome. Right? So every reaction hasn't had an action before. This is all I'm talking the physical world. But the same thing happens in the other world. I'm talking spiritual type of thing. Any desire that I have, whether fulfilled or unfulfilled, gets attached to what I can call as my account. Okay? And these desires have been there in me for a period of time. When I say me, it's not me as an individual person. Not me with this body, with this mind, etc. It's my core. Though it's called as Atma. It's not really Atma. Let's say it's my core. My core has had a set of desires over a period of time. I have taken several births. I have died several times. And each birth, I have had desires. Again, every desire of ours will not be fulfilled. So long as there are unfulfilled desires, we'll keep on getting more and more births, which I'll cover in a more detailed thing in the next session. So here I'm talking of karma, talking about the series of desires that we have accumulated over a series of births. This set of accumulated desires, accumulated reactions from our actions, is what is called as Sanchita Karma. Sanchita means accumulated. Sanchita Karma is a set of all accumulated karmas over our several births. Now, all our desires will not get fulfilled in one birth. There are certain desires that are binding and there are certain desires that are not so binding. I may have a desire to go to the moon. I also have a desire to buy a Mercedes-Benz. Between these two, which is more binding? Probably, the desire to buy a Mercedes-Benz is more binding than going to the moon. So, of all these desires that are there in us, that set of desires which is most binding creates an environment where we take birth. And this is what is called as Prarabdha Karma. Okay? The set of desires that God created in us and helped create this body or is what is called as Prarabdha Karma. 
karmas that was yet to experience is called agami karma something that's yet to come okay so three types of karmas i mentioned sanchita karma prarabdha karma agami karma so one question that does come up is if karma is so powerful do we as individuals have any control at all should we just accept things and say okay let things happen no this is true of animals a tiger is born with a particular set of desires it had a particular set of desires it came into this world to provide fulfill those desires probably in some previous birth that entity must have had a lot of desire to eat flesh so it took the form of a tiger so that it can eat that flesh so once the desire is fulfilled it's over then the next set of desires okay so it can do nothing a tiger cannot suddenly decide okay let me become vegetarian it cannot a cow cannot become non vegetarian so animals typically have been created with a body to fulfill that set of desires without even thinking but a human being is different though we came into this world with a set of karmas which i said is part of the karma we have the capability to think which makes us different from animals so let's say in my previous birth i had a keen desire to eat flesh again let me take the same example to eat flesh then maybe i'd be born in a particular tribe which relishes hunting animals and eating flesh but i have the capability to think i have the capability to decide what i want to do and that is what is called as purushartha the ability for a human being to think and do what is right and what is not right what he is oblig- obliged to do and what he should not be doing that is what is called as purushartha so karma creates an environment where it provides an option or opportunity to fulfill the desires that we have but purushartha uses the ability to think and see whether we want to do it fulfill it don't fulfill it whatever we want to do or accept it as it is because if we if, if we just go to karmic things we just like an animal we just experiencing it going on to the next one the sole aim of a human birth is to gain liberation and that is where purushartha helps us karma puts us in an environment but purushartha helps us understand what that environment is and tells us what sort of action we should take in that environment and helps us decide to do that action if we listen to it and that purushartha is hidden in the intellect it's not in the mind it's not in the body it's not in the brain it's in the intellect through the intellect we decide what we want to do in a particular environment okay so this is a broad aspect of what karma theory is all about that every action has an equal or opposite reaction whether physical world spiritual world or the astral world karma creates an environment the set of karma which we have accumulated over a period of time that sanchita karma of that set is only a portion of it which we take and take birth in this world as prarabdha karma prarabdha karma only creates an environment where we can fulfill our desires but purushartha gives us the environment ability to think and do the right thing i hope i got some of the basic concept of what karma means and i hope i given enough desire for people to understand more about this going forward thank you for joining me hope you'll continue joining me in future podcasts have a wonderful weekend thank you very much